till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. You're listening to Thanks, Cancer. I'm Mimi Hall. I'm Leanna House. We're two cancer friends. We are not doctors. No, and we're not shrinks. We're not nurses or anything like it. And because of that, we are going to use some appropriately obscene language. Let's just call it salty. Anyway, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish we had when we were dealing with our treatment. And we're recording. Hey, Leanna. Hi. 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 <laughs> so we talked about fatigue last week, and this week you are fatigued. I'm fatigued. I, You know, it was 4th of July week here. It was sort of a holiday remix. It's my yeah. birthday time, too, so... I mean, your birthday is exhausting, right? It's, you know, it's fun. It's fun, tiring, whatever. It's good. But yeah, I'm pooped today, and... Um, well, now we know that whatever we talk about on the podcast is going to be incorporated into your life uh, somehow the next week, so... Life imitating our podcast? Yes. Life mm-hmm. imitating art imitating life. Right. So what you need to be on the lookout for in the next week is the cancer community and all of the various people it encompasses. Shades of survivorship. The shades of survivorship. Okay. So be on the lookout for some of that. So what do you what do you mean when you talk about that? Okay, so we met through a support group survivorship program. Right. And in that class, how I describe meeting you to people is that Everyone in that group was like, hush, mama, hush, mama, and you and me. You were were just making like the Charlie Brown teacher noises that don't really make any words. Yes, no words, but like that was everyone's tone. It was, it was depressed. It was just a very low. Things are hard. And they are. And And they are. They they are. are. But both me and you, right, were like, hush, hush, mama. Now, there were shades of survivorship, though, there, too. Like, there was the woman who was super apologetic because she had, like, ductal carcinoma. Like, she didn't even have... Or she had, like, stage one or precancer or something like that. Right. So she felt a little bit like an imposter. And she kept apologizing every time. That was part of her processing, too. Right. Um, And then we had stage four never going to be out of treatment. Actually, probably. we didn't have anyone like that in our in our group. She wasn't stage four? Mm-mm. Oh. There was no one who was stage four. They intentionally you... did not have stage four in there. Oh, Yeah, I was told that. I was told that when <gasps> I got into it. I did not realize that. Yeah, they cut it off at stage three. <laughs> <laughs> because technically in stage four... You, you chronic. You're going to die of cancer. Right. The question is when. Yeah, that's that's interesting. They didn't put the stage four metastatic no, palliative disease. care. Okay, have their own groups because that's a, kind of a whole different thing in some ways. Well, it would be inappropriate to have us all mushed together in the same group. I would right. say in that setting, considering the topics that we covered, because for a lot of people, struggling with whether or not they can have a baby or not, infertility is a painful thing that they've had to reckon and really say. Maybe, you know, maybe goodbye to you. Perm- I don't know. Like, yeah. I think it's just a different level, right? It, it's a different it's level. And it's not being able to relate to people who are super outside your level. 
Is that a fair statement? I think that's totally fair. I mean, I have, I don't understand, like, I, I can empathize with people who have different kinds of cancers, you know, but I don't really, I can't say that I know, and I always try to remind myself that, like, I know my particular situation. That's all. Well, and within the cancer community, because as we've been talking to more people, like, I didn't even know some of this stuff existed. No. Like, the kinds of therapies, the kinds of side effects, like, yes, you can have chemo side effects where your hands and feet are burning all the time. Yeah, and you get blisters. You get blisters. Well, I'll say this. I only went to that one support group because I did find it to be sort of... Ugh. I I'd put off doing it. I don't love it. And I do find the stories harrowing. And I mean, I feel like my own story is so terrifying. I don't really want to hear more stories, even though I did appreciate the support group. I appreciated meeting you, obviously. I appreciated hearing everyone's stories and everyone there and learning all the stuff we learned. But I have not been back to a support group since then. Well, it is hard to navigate the cancer community because as I've like gotten involved on Twitter and on Instagram, because mostly what I do on Twitter and Instagram is I find people who identify as survivors. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I'm finding people to follow because that's who I'm interested in. I don't, I don't really want to talk to the doctors. I want to no. have a dialogue with the patient community. Right. And in the survivor community, you have this huge range Mm -hmm. And you have on the one side the previvors. So what's a what's a previvor? Okay, so a previvor is someone who has a high known risk. Okay, so these are the people who do the volunt they test positive for the BRCA2, for instance, right? And they decide to get the mutation, and they decide to get their preventative, preventative bilateral mastectomy, yes. for instance. Okay, and, got it. Um, breast cancer is the most common, but I've heard, you know, previvor and genetic risk for other cancers, and there's right. things that they do. There's clusters, yeah. There's clusters. So you have them on the one hand who have been through surgery and the cancer experience, and then on the other hand, you have the metavivors, is what they call themselves. Okay. Um, which is people with metastatic disease who are, you know, the chronic people who were not in our support group, I learned today. Right. And that is, that's kind of a big spread. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, and then there's branches within each level, too, right? Oh, oh yeah. The, the people who have prostate cancer stage one are probably going to identify more with or perhaps with other stage one cancers um, but they're on different branches of that yeah. same branch yeah it's weird and it all gets put into she he they had cancer Right. It's a huge umbrella, right? Yes, it is. It is a huge umbrella, um, which is surprising. The other thing that's kind of surprising to me is the judgment within the cancer community. Maybe it's a judgment because there's such a big umbrella that within that big umbrella, we feel the need to like tribalize a little. Yes. And we definitely do tribalize. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the people who the branch that has a lot of tribalism going on, I think, from both outside and inside, is the previvors. Mm. Because some cancer survivors don't include them in cancer survivors. Because uh. they didn't survive. It, like, it's a different experience. Uh-huh. And, and it is a different experience. They're still dealing with a lot of the same thing that a stage right. three person is dealing with. 
surgically they're dealing with a very similar thing but then you know they're not getting treatment and they've done this to prevent getting treatment i mean i wonder if there's almost do you think there's a little jealousy about the pre-vibers because they got out in front of it and were able to catch it yeah i think there is definitely yeah yeah i can imagine that like i feel that envy and i feel like happy for them but there's a little piece of me that's like oh i Right. So that could have been me. Like, but no, yeah. you know, I had to do more than that. Like, but you wish you could have avoided chemotherapy. Right. But less oh, than no. others. I didn't. I avoided radiation. Right. Uh-huh. So you take what you get and you hope that it works. Right. Uh, you know, and you never know where thing. You, know, you just don't know how it's going to work I, out. I also think with previvers, it's the element of choice because I didn't choose to have this mastectomy. I had to have this to save my life. I was going to die if I didn't get it in the very immediate future. And in with previvors, they have a little more choice. They have a little more volition because they get out in front of it. And so mm-hmm. I think that seeing someone else have a choice when you don't have a choice, I think mm-hmm. that is really hard to having, feel like having a, like towards a, those people. Yeah, it's more of a freedom of the time frame. Right. Right. And I do think that previvers especially go through a lot of the same emotional journey in terms of fear of death, like feeling broken, feeling the wonky genes. Not feeling of, anything in their breasts. Right. Anymore. Not having Barbie boobs. Right. Um, so those previvers do end up going through a lot of the same same experience in a lot of ways now there were none of those in our support group either and i doubt that they are i bet that they are in a separate group i bet the ones in the fours or the zeros and the fours are in different rooms whereas we were in the ones and the twos and the threes yes yeah so it's it's interesting to me how like you won't identify with someone all the way on the other side of the spectrum but within that group there's little connections between individuals that makes the cancer community a little bit more cohesive across those boundaries Mm -hmm. does that make sense i think it does yeah well i mean i think your point is is sort of like you just find points of connectiveness even with people who are in like someone who had testicular cancer do you know what i mean but like you can find that like commonalities just like you would with that person if you were to party with them i will say that when i started on social media with my cancer Mm -hmm. i had people that were seeing the same thing go two different ways on what they were seeing because I had people come to me and say to me that I was making too big of a deal out of my stage three cancer. I was making too big of a deal about chemotherapy and radiation and surgery, and I was attention seeking. And these people had cancer? Negative. But there are people that from the outside looking in saw me as attention seeking, right? And other people who saw the exact same thing said that I wasn't serious enough about what was happening to me. I was making light of cancer. Wow. There are some people, I see people that I feel like are making, I don't want to say making light of, what I would see as Mm attention-seeking. There are people who post, you know, not anyone I follow, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but who post all the time, every day, like every four hours, hashtag so blessed, 
like, you know, this was so hard. And this is not exclusive to cancer, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. because I yeah, do. Yeah, there's a lot of hashtag blessed. Well, and there's a lot of hashtag like what I see as attention seeking survivorship. I know someone who, friend of a friend, who went through ACL surgery and is not posting, cancer. not cancer, but posting multiple times a day, hashtag ACL survivor. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if there's support groups for that. I mean, there should be. Oh dear. I guess it's called <laughs> physical therapy. Okay, um, they're, they're, I mean, I've never had ACL surgery, so I don't know. But I see people in the cancer community who are, who are not my kind of people because they're always hashtag cancer survivor all the time, every day, posting like sexy pictures of their faces with every post. Like, I don't, it's just not how I identify as a cancer survivor. Well, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes I get these little insights from my family in Germany. So I'm half German. My dad lives there. He's a doctor there. And my stepmother is over there. And we're all very close. And I did talk a little bit about feeling the need to look very healthy, you know, after having gone through this. And my dad, God bless him, did a lot of research um, before I did this. And he said this very casual thing. It's very German. Yeah. People get obsessed with their appearances yeah, after the cancer treatment. Or maybe it was my stepmother. It was like, it was something like that, though. Like, people get obsessed with their appearance. And so I think there is something about that, that, like, you get so stripped bare that you almost become, like, slightly obsessed. Yeah. With, like, this facade that you can create and wearing more makeup. And I'm definitely wearing more makeup than I did before I went through cancer. Well, and identifying as a cancer survivor like there's a lot of really good things about identifying as a cancer survivor and things that you make an inflection point and that are kind of pros of identifying as a cancer survivor and then there's like cons well there's getting stuck right there's there's getting stuck there's getting stuck there's people's reactions which can be jolty they can get triggered um there is the need to put on to focus more on your appearance because people are always looking at you to wonder if you've got cancer again right yeah so you're hyper aware of that um cons of identifying as a cancer survivor i would say is the emotional energy needed to like deal with like it's sad it's hard to hear about everyone else's problems and the really hard things they're going through like it's exhausting when someone hasn't had seen you for a while there is the whole liana how is mimi i haven't seen her i'm gonna start telling people you're dead (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) i really wish you next person that asks you just say it with a totally straight face oh i will just walk away (laughs) and then if they really push you be like to me (laughs) and be like but what about thanks cancer No thanks, cancer. No thank you. Actually, no thanks, cancer. No thanks, cancer. I wish we could all say that. No thanks. I'm all set, cancer. Well, that might be our next season. Oh. Are we going to just add a word onto our... Mix it up. I like it. (laughs) All right. Anyway. (laughs) Continuing. So getting too wrapped up in the trauma is a danger of identifying as a cancer patient, whether that's your own trauma or someone else's. I mean, you're brooding over something for many, 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 many months. You've pretty much suffered trauma. Yes. 
Well, and who doesn't want attention, right? Also, it makes people happy to see that you're doing well. Right. So, I don't care about that. I don't like. I don't think that's awful. I'm sorry. I don't think that's like. Well, I guess that is a shade of survivorship, though, because like some people. Okay, like for instance, I never posted in my shade of survivorship in my little weird branch. I never um, posted pictures of myself bald or wearing my bandana. But people took pictures of me, and I didn't mind that. But I didn't want them posted. And but I went out in public. Other people would not be okay going out in public like that. They would only fucking wearing a wig. They would have stayed inside. So that's my like shade, you know. Well, and I am very glad that people identify as a cancer survivor and have are public as they are with their shade of survivorship because I found that very helpful right. to go out to see people in public bald meant that it was more comfortable for me to go out bald or looking up pictures online of what you look like after surgery like it was it normalized the experience a little bit for me right. and provided like a roadmap for okay this is this is what this is going to look like because i can read you know the year and a half blog of this person who's gone through the same thing right and it gives you a chance to see the many ways of doing it like that's the thing is like there's not just one way of doing it yes yeah there there is definitely not just one way of doing this i mean that would be nice if there were you could just check Uh, off the boxes i don't think there is because we're just it's all a weird individual experience right right well, and more people being more people identifying as survivors means that more people can newly diagnosed people can see themselves in the cancer community. Yeah, and also, I mean, there's a lot of hope too. You know, I mean, I was just chatting with someone today who I hadn't seen in a while, and it's like it's really feels hopeful to talk about how far things have come and how well I feel after going through cancer treatment. It's very hopeful. It, it is. Yeah, and it's, it's very probing out. And, like, I wouldn't want to have to hide it, like, some weird dark secret. And people would be wondering if I'd, like, taken to the drink as opposed to, like, had to go through cancer treatment. You know, because people used to lie about this stuff. They would just disappear and go off and get treatment and come back. And, and they would never, everything was okay. They would never talk about it because right. cancer is super hard, awkward to talk about, right? This is a while ago, too. But, like, like 30 years ago, I think this was... This could be the case, and still people are doing this now, I've learned. Just like keeping it on the lowdown. They don't really deal with it. I I don't think you can deal with it at all if you can't talk about it. I think some people have different ways of dealing with it, you know, but I think the pro about being out about it is that you get to breathe easy and be in your truth and honesty. And you connect with people really fully, which is really important. Well, and you you learn how to develop empathy by being a part of this group where you're seeing through their eyes and allowing them to see through your eyes however you decide to connect to the cancer community about it and that's where we could all use a little bit more empathy for the people in our in-group and the people in our out-group you know yeah i think that's right um I always try to stop myself. I saw something, it was one of those like pass this posting along if you really love me kind of things. Like one of those chain mail things you see on social media. And it said something like, cancer survivors are never the same. 
after we go through treatment, we may look fine, but our bodies are broken. We are in more pain than you can imagine. And, da, 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 da. and I sort of looked at it and I was like, really? I do not feel that way. You know, in fact, I feel a lot better because I don't have cancer anymore. So, you know, again, it speaks to this like shades of just like, and I looked at it and I did remember, I was like, take a deep breath. Like that's just someone's experience and don't get involved. And well, and you would never you... get involved in chain mail normally. So <laughs> stay so away from that. Don't thing. start now. <laughs> so the thing that I do like about the cancer community online is that I will have organizations post things about cancer. There's a there's a very common um, saying, maybe you've heard it about cancer, that like cancer cannot do everything. Cancer cannot kill hope. It cannot extinguish love. It cannot, you know, rob faith. All of these things that cancer can't do. It can. And yeah. It so, absolutely can. So what I like about it's the a- cancer community, I know, I agree with you. I hate platitudes. But what I like about the cancer community online say. is that I had like seven people jump on that and they were like, hells yes it can. It robbed my peace from me. Like, so the the multitude of shades of survivorship can all be a part of this online community. Mm-hmm. And it's also like very respectful disagreement. Yeah. In in almost 100% of the cases I see. So that's also hopeful that we've all developed a little bit of empathy to be able to communicate with people we disagree on with online. Sure, I think that's great. I think it's a super pro. Uh, that that I do think is a pro. So, if we're doing protocols for the shades of survivorship, yeah, my first protocol is try not to be super obnoxious. <laughs> is that fair? Yeah, I think you should be more specific. Okay, so I. I'm the pot calling the kettle black because I have a podcast about cancer. So I'm posting about cancer every day and in interacting with the online community every day. When I posted personally, and this is this is just me, this is how I dealt with my cancer, but I would post like hashtag cancer survivor, but I wouldn't do that 18 times a day with beautiful pictures of me at the beach. Is that is that fair? These are people that were like this before they had cancer and other okay. after they had cancer and they would have annoyed you before you had cancer and now they're annoying you after cancer. Okay, so this is for cancer I think patients it's fair. and not cancer patients. Please do not post 18 times a day about how hard your life is with beautiful pictures and lighting in light like just just <laughs> don't. It's annoying. You're annoying all of the rest of us. Just just don't know. No more. I no just more. posted a picture of myself. You, I think you liked it on Instagram. Did you hashtag cancer survivor? No! Hashtag so strong. But I was showing off like my form. Okay, and you should. Your form is lovely. We should all be proud. No, of I our was forms. really bloated that day, but I made sure my belly was under the water. Well, <laughs> just but you don't do it. 17 times a day. I didn't mention cancer at all. And talk about how strong you are. Because that's obnoxious. Right? Is that that obnoxious? That would actually be hilarious if I did hashtag (laughs) strong. I think I did something like hashtag sharks. Oh my god. Because it was in the cape and there's sharks. So maybe what I need to do, maybe other people don't need to change. Maybe I just need to start hashtagging hashtag so strong and cancer survivor on every picture. Like a picture of pizza. (laughs) And I'll be like, hashtag so strong, hashtag survivor, hashtag blessed. <laughs> I'm going to do it. 
<laughs> okay, you give me a protocol then if my so annoying. So here's this is a good one. <laughs> so always be humble because you never know what someone's going through. That that is true. Right. So always be humble in presenting yourself and talking about your experience. Recognize it's not universal. Recognize people have if they don't have the experience themselves of having had cancer maybe in a different way than you did they probably know someone who did so and you never know what someone's been dealing with so i should be nicer to these people who are posting every day hashtag so strong hashtag i am a survivor hashtag stronger than cancer hashtag 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 because i don't know what they're going through maybe they're gonna drop dead tomorrow <laughs> hashtag annoying <laughs> Hashtag, you know what? Don't I'm, stop. I'm <laughs> hashtag no. Hashtag hope. Hashtag. <laughs> okay. So hashtag hope you move on. Okay. So so the protocol is that context and motivation matters. Maybe that's a better that's a better uh, protocol than don't be obnoxious. Just realize where you are in your context and realize that if you're posting to like be an attention seeking obnoxious person, even <laughs> yes, or if you're posting to be an attention seeking cancer maven or master or master or just, person or person, it, she, he, they, just stop. And recognize the shades of survivorship. Recognize the shades of survivorship around you and recognize that your experience is not everyone's experience. That's why we say that at the beginning of every episode. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, think of it as an ecosystem. It really is. It's creepy as all get out because it's all <laughs> under like this huge umbrella of and cancer. And it's like super depressing in a lot of cases because it's cancer. <laughs> I know. You have to do a lot of upstream swimming. It's no joke. Like, sometimes you just get tired. Oh. We talked about that last episode. Yeah. I, I know people that have cancer survivor accounts and not cancer survivor accounts, and I totally get that because you can, like, you can you can curate a little better. Yeah. Well, um, hey, we were, we've um, just been talking about wanting to share a couple of um, podcasts. <gasps> Let's of share other, other podcasts. Yeah. So, so when I went looking in 2016, I couldn't find any other podcasts. Right. So that's why we had to go through all of the work of making this podcast. Gosh darn it, we have to do it ourselves. We, I mean, we did. We did. That is, that is exactly how that conversation Funny. went. Um, but since then, there have been a couple of really great podcasts that have popped up. Yeah, and um, one of my favorite ones is a BBC podcast, and you can find it on um, iTunes or through the BBC. It's called You, Me, and the Big C, and it's three women who are journalists and bloggers, and they've all recently gone through cancer treatment of different types of cancers and different stages, and it's very raw, it's very honest. They just got renewed for a second season. They're taking a little break now, but that's You, Me, and the Big C. And they have higher production values than we do because they have a whole network behind them, so if if the BBC wants to pick up an American version. We don't know why. <laughs> We're here for you. We are here for you, BBC. We're PRX. Um, yeah, I we guess love that, that would make more sense. NPR? Sure. All right. I'm, I'm aiming high. My new podcast that uh, just came out as soon as I got back from my first ascent trip 
I saw on one of the First Ascents community page that there are two cancer survivors who met during their First Ascents trip. Oh, romantic. Who, I know, it's it's a kind of a love story, match made in heaven. Very nice. Um, and Buttercup and Bumble oh dear. are their camp names. And they couldn't find a podcast for young adults, young adult survivors of cancer. And so they made it, and that is called Survivor Shit. Good name. <laughs> it's survivorshit.com is where you can find them. And, I mean, they only have a couple of episodes up. Mm-hmm. So, but they're, they look like they're recording weekly. And it's another perspective of the shit you go through as a survivor. It's awesome. So, I want to check it out. Okay. And I, I really should listen to Yumi and the Big C. It's cool. We, You know what? I like that we're diversified and going around like, hummingbirds trying out different things. I think it's awesome. And we can have a conversation if there are other people in the conversation. It's not just us talking to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks, Mimi. Thanks, Leanna. Thanks, Thanks, Cancer. Cancer. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Thanks, Cancer. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at Thanks, Cancer, on Instagram as Thanks, Cancer, and on Twitter as, guess what? Thanks, Cancer. And if you enjoyed today's episode and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And subscribe. Yeah, definitely subscribe. And listen, we want to hear your stories too, so please reach out to us at info at thanksgancer.com if you have something to share. Well, the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, With your cancer card, we're your passport date. Cause cancer's damn hard. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. <laughs>